Welcome back to the non-standard 14er podcast, the podcast that tells you everything the route description leaves out about hiking Colorado's 14ers. I'm Short Rope Stifler, and in this episode of the non-standard 14er podcast, we're talking about the southernmost 14er in the Sawatch Range, named after the Ute leader Chief Shivano. The peak's most notorious feature is its snowfield on the 14er's southwest slopes that is frequently used as a spring snow climb called the Angel of Shivano because it looks like an angel with arms and wings. Great views of the angel are visible from Salida and neighboring Poncha Springs. The standard route up Shivano requires a full 4,600 feet of elevation gain, a lot more than your standard 14er climb. Shivano is also either the starting point or end point of an ultra-marathoner's challenge known as the Nolan's 14. I went down to Colorado Springs to interview a guy who goes by the 14er handle Warg. He has done all the 14ers twice and is also one of one of the people on a list of less than 30 people who have accomplished the Nolan's 14, a challenge that requires through-hiking 14 Colorado 14ers in under 60 hours either from Shivano to Mount Massive or from Mount Massive to Shivano. So welcome, Warg, to the non-standard 14er podcast. So I want to talk about your Nolan's 14 yeah. experience. What is the Nolan's 14? Yeah, it's those 14, 14ers near Buena Vista. Uh, from, I don't know, Slida to Buena Vista, from Shavano up to Massive. Um, that does not include Holy Cross. It says 15 Sawatch Range 14ers. Correct. It gets all of them, but Holy Cross. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Um, since since it became a thing, I don't even know. Back in the '90s, um, it actually has been done with Holy Cross included. Um, by by what Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton did it. Called it our Holy, Holy Nolans. So he added Holy Cross. But under 60 hours. Uh, I think he might not no, be under 60. No, he did the 14 under 60, but adding another one on. Another I, nine I added, or something. I was something, looking at that. Yeah, definitely added more time on. So yeah, uh, originally Nolans 14 was just the 14. Uh, the guy, you know, the guidelines are kind of sketchy. Um, you know, no physical transportation except your feet. The time limit was 60 hours. Why 60? That's what, what it seems yeah, arbitrary to me. It, it does. It, and I don't know, like, I, I've never heard a good answer why those guys were ultra runners back in the day. And so I think that they did the math and said, Hey, a hundred miles and this kind of elevation, like let's make it challenging. Okay. But, I think I just picked a goal and then yeah, tried to get, yeah. get it. And, and and back then they made it challenging because it was years and years and years before anybody ever completed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so Jim Nolan and ultra marathoners Fred Vance, it said, came up with a challenge in 1991. In 2001, somebody first did it. But so from 2001 until now, I, I mean, when Brant and I finished, like if you do it from trailhead to trailhead at 60 hours, if I remember correctly, Brant and I were numbers 20 and 21. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And a crazy, uh, pretty difficult feet but doable for sure yeah so it came, came up with it in 91 it wasn't until 2001 where four people did it so, and and they had different ideas you know back in the beginning they started it as an event so people all would start together oh. and go together but the forest service kind of got in on it and you can't do those kind of events on national forest or not national forest on wilderness areas and so it got shut down as an I event okay yeah. but you can do it independently as yourself yes. yeah. so it starts at the fish hatchery uh-huh. and massive mm-hmm. And goes to the blank cabin in Shivana. Correct. Why? Why is you know why they pick? Why not the Angel Shivana Trailhead or um, do you know why that? Well, I think that I don't even know. I don't know the history of those trailheads. I think that was the trailhead. Like oh, that okay. Yeah, yeah. The first time I tried it was I think 2015 is what I'm remembering, and that was a north to south attempt, starting at the fish hatchery uh, and going south, uh, and that was a solo attempt, but I was supported. 
um, had some friends out there helping and, and trying to make all, all those things work. Are you finding that date? Let's Jim? see. I'm looking at your 2000. Date climbed September 2017 was when you succeeded, yes. when you went yes. south. So, so 15, 2015 must have been when I did that first attempt. Okay. Um, and it was pretty epic. You know, I had done, at that point in time, I had done a lot of 14ers. And and yet I would not consider myself on any level a runner. That was not an identity. That was not. I mean, I ran, but that was not something I called myself. Yeah. And so all I was thinking about was, hey, I'm going to do 14 fourteeners, and that's a good challenge. Let's let's do it. And so of course a lot of learning. And I I had two months that that summer um, to spend scouting trails. And so I scouted trails. I lived up there. I'm doing these fourteen ers I'm in great shape. I'm I'm just great. Uh, so I've learned a lot about the routes, but I still don't know much about ultra running. And huh. I, did, I didn't know that I didn't know much about ultra running because I didn't know it was a thing, right? Um, just ignorance. So, like, I'm I'm carrying cliff bars like like that first time, and I've got all this weight packed, and I'm carrying too much water, and you know, just like all kinds of problems that I'm having. Um, my biggest problem was that I was in really good shape, and like, if I do one 14 or a two or three or four or five, like I'm in good shape, I can go fast and I can go strong. And so, like, I had that mentality, like I'm in such good shape, I'm just going to keep going strong. Huh. Well, what I can do for four and five and six 14ers is great. But by the time eight and nine 14ers rolled around, like it started catching up with me. I didn't know how to pace myself for 14 14ers. What kind of knees or el- uh, ankles or just breathing? Breathing. I, I've had issues with asthma before, um, but I've not used an inhaler for years. But that's what it was like. It was like an asthma like symptom just caught up with me. I, it, you know, so several things also happened. Like I had a support crew that, that, that fell apart. I was supposed to get food at this one per place i didn't get it and so overnight i was just famished and not enough calories and just dying um so that was a part of my problem but literally it was i pushed myself too hard and i had asthma like symptoms i couldn't get enough oxygen i just couldn't breathe and you got to what harvard got to harvard and of course i was supposed to take the uh yeah so you're on the trail at like weird times because like you're in your trip report you say like you're coming off harvard like way early in the morning and you're and you're seeing people yeah. coming up harvard yeah and they're like where'd you start exactly from? and you're like oh, i started leadville it's, <laughs> it's so like even when you're training out there and you come up on the wrong side of a mountain people are like where did you come from yeah, yeah. and you're like oh you know massive it's like it, it just doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't make sense and people are you, you kind of stop telling people because it just it just makes the conversations too weird and too awkward and they just they can't grasp it like most people that you meet out there it's like their first ever 14er experience and they're dying. And then you, you just can't relate dying. to them. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. Point. It's wild. So yeah, I was supposed to go from Harvard and take the traverse over to Columbia uh, and then come down that and meet my friends at the bridge down there below that. But I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I mean, it was hard enough to come down Harvard and just finish it. And so you um, just dropped a standard into Elk, exactly. Elk Horn or whatever that basin yeah, is there. Yeah, whatever that basin is. And then that bridge, that first, now second bridge you come to, it's like a major bridge just below Antero, between Antero and Columbia. Um, they were meeting me there with food, expecting me to go on, and I was just like, I can't. I'm like, oh, I'm done. So I, I couldn't breathe right for like three weeks after that. Like I just, you know, coughs and lung stuff, and yeah, like it was, I was a mess. But it opened my eyes to the fact that there's something more that I've got to learn. And so I, mean, I reached out to Andrew Hamilton, and I'm like, What are you eating? This is hilarious, funny. So you know, he was on that Nolan's Facebook group, and so I just reached out to him to say, Hey, like, what are you eating up there? Like to make this thing happen. And his response was, uh, I'm not eating. And I'm just like, I read that line and I'm like, like, it's not computing. Like, this is not making sense. And he goes on to explain that he's drinking his calories. You know, he's uh, using like those powders. Goose and not, no goose. It's powders. Uh, huh. um, man, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the company right now. It'll come to me in a minute. But you buy these powders and you put them in your water and you're just drinking your calories nonstop. Um, so one, you're dealing with much less weight because you're carrying powder and you're just getting your water as you go. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but now you can, 
you can quantify how much you're getting because you just do a consistent amount across the whole thing and, and you can keep your calories up and you can keep going. Huh. Like it was it was revolutionary for me. And it's hilarious because clearly this is what the ultra marathon world knows already. Hammer Nutrition is the company that I've been using. There's different products out there, but Hammer Nutrition and uh, they've got some really good endurance type powders. Um, and so that all worked out for me. And, and I, I started using that and experiment with it and it worked really well, which led me to the point of saying, Ah, okay. So here's the problem with Nolans. The problems with Nolans is that there's so many variables. Like you don't just have a long distance. You also have a lot of elevation, which means you've got to be ready for both of those things. You also have the issue that you're traveling at night. So you have cold temperatures. You've got hot temperatures. You also have the very real issues that it could rain. It could snow. It, like anything can happen weather-wise. On top of that, you're trying to coordinate with your, your crew who's going to meet you with food. And cell phones are not always working. And so you can't always find each other. And you're not. You're trying to figure out times and distances. Like that is a problem. You've got so many variables to fight with. And so as I was processing through this, I got this like analytical mind. I'm like, I just need to eliminate as many variables as I can eliminate. Well, you can't cut them all out. Like weather happens, but you can pick a time of the year that it's least likely to happen. Um, and so that's like huge in my mind. I see a lot of guys that like schedule their events during the monsoon season. And I'm like going. And that's why you pick September. That's why I pick fall. Late, late fall is a good choice. The other choice is earlier in the season. However, early in the season, you still have snow out there. So you still got to deal with snow. But you can pretty much be guaranteed of no weather, which is pretty critical. That's when Andrew Hamilton has done his events. Uh, end of June into the beginning of July. Like, beginning of July, right then, there's a sweet spot before the monsoons hit. Right. So I'm doing all the math. And I'm trying to eliminate my variables. And I got to thinking that, you know, one of the huge variables is your support team. And Andrew had done it without support. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, this is possible to do it without support teams, which means you carry your own stuff, but now you're in control. And as long as you can carry it. Um, but once again, in fact, now that I think back to it, I think my timing is off because I was still carrying. I was not using powder on that second attempt. That second attempt, I still had cliff bars. And I got to past Albert. I got past Huron. And I came down that backside of Huron. And I got all this stuff still on carrying and it's dark it's nighttime and i'm trying to get across that creek and i slipped and i stepped in the creek and i got a wet shoe and i know ultra marathon runners in general they just run with wet feet and it dries out and they just go but it's dark it's nighttime and it's cold out there and i've got a wet foot and i don't like wet feet and it was miserable did you have an extra pair of socks no just one pair of socks yeah, like, yeah. okay just not and I go, you know going super as light as you can yeah but still too much food so anyway, I kept going, got up Missouri. Any tracking poles? Any poles? Yes, that's a whole... Black Diamond's got those Z poles that are carbon. They're yeah. so small and they pack up nice because you don't always want your poles. Yeah, yeah. But when you don't want them, you don't want to have to take off your pack and put them away so you get those little light poles that you can attach to your front and just okay. clip them on and, and keep going. So I got up Missouri, but like I'm slowing down so much and I'm totally alone. Like I, I have no support group. I have nobody within 100 miles that's going to come and rescue me from anything. Um, so I'm at the top of Missouri thinking to myself, like, if I keep going from here, I'm only going further from help until I get to Harvard and I'm in bad shape and there's no way I'm going to finish this in 60 hours. And so I quit. So I went down the route and just started walking back down to the main road and worked out that some friends came along who actually knew Brant and actually came along. They were scouting out some routes and they got me right back to the highway and I hitchhiked back up to, uh, to the massive. So again, learning. That's when I figured out the powder stuff. And once I knew the powder, I'm like, okay, this is going to make all the difference. Of course, Brandon. So the first, first attempt, 16, started at Massive. Mm-hmm. Finished out. Stopped in Missouri. First no, the Harvard. no, the first attempt was Massive through Harvard. Yeah. And, gotcha. and so I can't even, the trip report has the numbers, but so is that nine peaks? No, that's not nine peaks. That's eight, eight peaks. 
Ah. There you go, Massive Elbert. Then what, La Plata. La Plata. Huron. Huron. Missouri, Belford, Oxford. Harvard. Harvard. Oh. This one, eight. eight. So eight on that first attempt, um, and then only five on my second attempt. Okay, you did a second attempt. Okay. Yeah. So the second attempt was with still with the bars, got my foot wet. So totally solo, like no sport gotcha. or nothing. That just didn't work out. So I've been staying in touch with Brandt and knew he, and he'd have a, a couple of attempts himself um, that had not worked out. And so we got to talking and I'm realizing that, you know, having a partner, like what I need in a partner is somebody that can slow me down and pace me. That's like what I need in a partner. So Brandt brought that into that with all the ultra marathon experience. What I brought into the equation was all the trail knowledge. Like I had done these peaks so many times. I had all the trails dialed in. I knew it all. And so I brought that into the equation. And so together, like we're like, okay, we're going to do this. And so, like, we had gone back and forth on which direction to do it. And there's pros and cons about both ways. Yeah. And so it really wasn't a solid subject and reason why we went south to north that last time. Um, but we did. Started well, what down. you're ascending, I want to talk about this, because yeah. what you're ascending, you're then you're descending. So I'm really interested in some of those descents, like, and then I was I was really kind of curious how you descended and ascended the, with that east side of Missouri. That's supposedly kind of gnarly. Yeah. So, so the deal is, like, depending upon your direction, you, you pick your route. Like, you would not do exactly the same route going yes, south. Okay. Exactly. You switch things around based on what's what's preferable. So if you want to talk Missouri, um, most people that have done Missouri from north to south would do the actual trail from the creek down there and up. And, and you know, that actual trail loops back to the to the north and then hits the ridge and then comes up to the yeah, yeah. And that's how most people would so do they that. come off Harvard down to Pine Creek up then up, Ooh, up, up Oxford no, I'm talking if you're going north to south north so from also oh, here, here, here on from Lake Cohesi yes then you're going the, the backside from Lake Cohesi yes. up the and there's Missouri. a trail you would just follow yeah, the that's pretty easy trail. trail yeah yeah exactly and that's why you stay with it because it's an easy trail right and then do you drop back into Missouri Basin and then over oh, Elkhead okay. or so do you from, go the East Ridge to Elkhead from, from Missouri to Oxford Belford is probably the most controversy about what's the best route. Okay, yeah. The actual ridge is not the best route. No, no ways. Everybody agrees with that. The actual ridge is not the best way. It's got that class five descent on it. Um, I can't remember what Roach calls it, but uh, he said something poetic about how yeah, it, that, exactly. that, that that route is like relegated <laughs> to his nightmares or something like that. Because it's like it's some of the only class four climbing on Sawatch Range 14ers, yeah. but he says the root the rocks rot. It, 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 there's one section that's four that's literally class five down climbing or up climbing based on how you're doing. So it's not the route, and nobody nobody's doing no one really attempts that route. I think Hamilton has dropped down like going north to south. He has dropped down one of the coolers on the base of. Uh, Missouri into that valley and then come back up from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, you dropped the so I did. I've done a sea cool war. Uh, okay, four cool wars in right, right, right. Missouri. So he drops that cool war, loses a lot of exactly. elevation game. Then he re, it's a real easy trail up to Elkhead and, yes, and yes, then yes, back yes. to Belford, yes. Oxford. Yes, so so he he has done that. Um, like dropping that elevation, that's the painful part, right? So when I was scouting routes on my own, I dropped down the south face of Missouri. Um, to that shelf that down there, I, I follow that shelf around, and then you do have to ascend quite a bit. Not quite a bit. You have to ascend a bit back up to Elkhead. Like, that was what I was doing. Since then, I got some good tips from Julian. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge out there. So I don't know how to explain this. I can explain it better coming south to north. From Elkhead Pass, so you get on the ridge, and you start doing the ridge. But you only stay on the ridge for hundreds of yards before you come off the ridge and you stay just below the cliffs. I mean, there's a cliff face and you stay literally just below that cliff face and you just work yourself across the screen right there. And then you, you basically come right back up on the top. So in terms of like losing elevation, you're not losing any elevation. You're not dealing with the complexities of the uh, ridge itself. 
Um, it's it's literally the shortest and literally the best route uh, between Elkhead Pass and the summit of Missouri. It's the best route regardless of which way you're going. Okay. So again, you know, you would just change routes in general based on what direction you're going and how you're dealing with things because there's pros and cons about ascents and descents both ways. So like, it's, it's impossible to say the one way is literally better than the other. There's too many pros and cons. What's the what was the worst section? So let's let's jump to your successful attempt. Then you started at the Shivano blank yep, yep, yep. cabin trailhead. Yep. Ran up Shivano, which is actually a lot of elevation gain, more than most people yeah, yeah. think. Yeah. Shivano is forty six hundred. Yeah, it's it's good elevation gain. Uh, this is again where Brad comes in because I'm feeling so good and strong and I'm wanting to push hard and he's just like, nope, slow down, slow down, slow down. And so we were not going slow, but we were not running either. In but, fact, but an average 14 year, what's slow or what is fast or what is uh, like the average 14 person up on grays every Saturday is going how fast compared to you? So I, I don't know. Let me answer that in terms of Pike Speak. I've been doing Pike Speak once a month um, <laughs> okay. and just knocking it out. And my uptimes in general, like without severe weather, like snow piles dealing, you know, all the kind of stuff. If I don't have severe issues from snow, my uptimes are between three and three and a half hours. That's from from a bar. That's from from that too. Usually, I start at the bottom of the incline, but it's the same elevation as bar trail trailhead. Okay. Right, so starting at the bottom of it's still twenty six miles, a little bit no less I'm, mileage, right? I cut mileage off. I, my standard route is up the incline and do the trail to, to Timberline, and then just pick my own route from Timberline on up. So my mileage is like nine and a half miles one way. Okay, so that's a little, so it's like 13 if you follow the whole bar trail. It's really not. It's it's under 13. It's probably just over 12 if you follow the actual trail. Okay. Yeah. Um, but clearly, the elevation is the same. I'm just picking a different route. So, you know, the pros and cons. Do you want the hard way that's... Uh, that's... So if you did the, the standard bar trail, it took me, I started at 4 and got back at 7. So it took me 15 hours. Mm-hmm. What would it take you to run from Manitou? Uh, yeah. From the standard bar trail I've done in 3 hours, 18 minutes. Uh, yeah so that's some perspective and, and that's 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 jogging the vast majority of it it's not all of it sometimes it's power walking but it's it's jogging right. so you're covering probably three times as much distance yeah. as i am yeah so it, yeah same time it, it, it's moving it's okay. i mean it's it's noticeably moving you're, you're passing people on a regular basis but let me say this the first time we did or on this on our successful trip brant and i got passed by a guy who turned out was attempting nolan's and we got passed on that first section going up shivano so he clearly had started after us. He caught up with us and he passed us. And we watched him go and we were just like, nope, we're not going that fast. We're not going to huh. do this. And uh, he ran into problems and he couldn't complete. Um, and I think, you know, a big part of it, you, you just can't push. You've got, you've got 100 miles to go. You can't push hard. you got to push strong, but you can't push hard or you're going to wear yourself out and it's not going to work. So, yeah, that was going up. Siobhan, all right. And that's, does it regain the standard route pretty quickly from that trailhead? Yeah, 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 yeah. Immediately. You're right there. Yeah. Okay. And then you're running basically just right at that saddle up Shivano. Yes. The angel is at your left. Correct. Correct. Get that saddle like 12. Yep. Some, and there's 13, options on that. Two. Some people don't go to the saddle. Some people cut to the north and, and hit that other ridge and, and, and go oh. across the rocks. So it's option, but there's pros and cons. Trails are fast. Scree is not as fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's like short or fast. Like, what do you want? Like, there's so many pros and cons in this game. And it's a game of picking and choosing and what are you comfortable with and what are you not comfortable with. Um, and that's what makes Nolan's Nolan's. It's like there's so many options. Um, it's the time stop. As soon as you start running from that cabin. Yeah. Time starts when you from leave. Time starts. Yeah. Ran up Shivano. Then you run over the mile. Lose 500 yep. feet, feet of gain and regain yep. that tab watch. Yep. And we were dealing with some ice up there. A little bit of ice on there. It's early in the morning. And there's some ice. So we were, you know, a little sketchy. Trying to be careful. I mean, you slip on that stuff and, and crack your shin and you're going to be in a world hurt. So, yeah. Tag, uh, tab watch. 
And then now there's options from here. Um, Hamilton has uh, what's become called the Hamilton Traverse, which how do I explain this? Uh, from Tabawatch, you would go west and follow that ridge around, and then you would drop into the end of that basin and come up around that basin before coming back up to uh, Antero. So you don't lose incredible elevation. It just makes for a long because you're following that basin around. Huh, okay. So and you, you could gain the Jeep trail then eventually. Yes, 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 exactly. Exactly. The option is is a straight across option, right? Which I mean, straight's always faster, right? Except you're going to lose a lot more elevation because you're dropping down to the creek and then you got to come back up that creek. However, with a lot of exploring, I mean, there is a fast, fast, fast descent off a of tabwatch. I mean, fast. You can get off that mountain. You're you're, you're plunging into small scree and dirt and you can run you can literally run down that thing so you fly down that thing and then the ascent of the other side is not hard it's not it's it's grass you're coming up grass so i decided that i like that option a whole lot i scouted it near the trails i knew what i wanted to do and it's a good option so that's what we could do basically came straight down it's not straight down you go back to the the saddle from tab watch and then from the saddle you cut north and down that face um and then straight up and tarot so now you're on Intero and you run into all these other complications. Like where the heck are you going to go from the top of Intero? Clearly you want to get back down to the Jeep trail because Jeep trails are fast. Yeah. The question is, how do you want to get, do you want to retrace your steps or do you want to keep going north and then drop down? Or do you want to drop, you know, what? There, there's plenty of options and I've done them all. Um, what we decided to do was come back from the summit to the saddle. You know where that little mine is right there? Okay. From that point, rather than taking the trail, we dropped due west. And that will cross the Jeep trail to the west. And so we're only on scree for hundreds of yards. And then you hit the uh, Jeep trail. You follow the Jeep trail for several switchbacks. And then you hit some more scree and, and drop it down. But then you hit the, the Jeep trail. And then you run the Jeep trail all the way out. Princeton is the next thing. And now you're looking at options for Princeton. I've tried a bunch of options. There's the Grouse Canyon route. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've done that route. I scouted it out. I learned it. I, at one point in time, I thought it was way to go. And then I found out that uh, there is a better way from Alpine. There's a route that goes from Alpine that cuts up that valley. Let's see, where's Alpine? Alpine's like right in here, right? There's a route that comes around the face of that mountain and comes in here above that point, And you're in this big old valley. And you're on like the backside of Princeton here. Correct. Like when you're in Buena Vista, you're looking at the front side. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So you're now, okay. Exactly. So you're coming up this west side. And you actually, okay, there's a, what's the name of that 13 right there? Point. Point 13.971. Yeah. Point, point 13.9. That's due west of the summit of Princeton, right? And so this is a centennial peak. Um, so if you pass that and just to the north of point 13.00, you hit that ridge right there. And then you go right underneath point 39, and then you're at the top of Princeton, and you're good to go. It's a challenge going up that scree field to get to that ridge. That descent has been named Blake's Fast Scree Gully. Uh, Blake, one of the guys that originally did it, you know, found that route. And coming down that route is insanely awesome. You can fly down that scree route. Scree surf, like big, yeah, big jumps. Exactly. But going yeah. up there, of course, is a nightmare. But that's the only nightmare of that ascent. Once you get that ridge, you're good to go. You summit... Uh, uh, Princeton, and it's just a good old time. Really. And then it's back to what next is Yale, right? Drop down the Colorado mm -hmm. Trail. Mm -hmm. Did you join the Colorado Trail for a bit? Yes. We, there, now there's options, but most people do that. You can take that whole entire ridge from Princeton. They, they, call it the, they don't call it the East Ridge, Northeast Ridge. I don't know, whatever they call that. You can take that ridge all the way down to the trail, which is what many people do. You can also drop off that ridge in many different places to the north and follow the basin down to the Colorado Trail and then loop the Colorado Trail back around. And did you have a... Was that, was that your first uh, logistic team? Where, where was the first no. team met you where? First connection was 
after Antero. Okay, at, so at Alpine. Okay. So before Prince. And so it's still daylight. Um, and this is where, are you a vegetarian? I am, yeah. Okay, because I saw that on yeah. your, you had veggie, veggie Subway yeah, yeah, sandwiches. Yeah, right. So your help support was basically gave you food, mm-hmm. took your backpack in a car while you walked fast and ate your Subway yeah, down the road. That, that was after Princeton. Right. Okay. Right. Now, a purist would not go with that. A purist would say, you got to carry your back for the whole uh, life. So, okay, so. You, you can see that I'm not a, a purist in this thing. Um, yeah, we, we walked all those miles ourselves. But that stretch and a stretch after Huron, um, we had someone mule our packs for us while we were eating our sandwiches. Eating your sandwiches yeah. and still walking pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So then you're up. Well, how'd you go Yale? Did you go... Denny's so, Creek or Avalanche Gulch? No, uh, not Denny's Creek. Um, yeah, Avalanche Gulch. That's the first trail. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's plenty of options up that too. Like you can take Avalanche Gulch all the way up to that east ridge of Yale, but man, that's a lot of extra work because you you've got to go further north and you got to cut south, and that ridge is kind of a nightmare. So there's a gulch in there. Hughes Gulch. Hughes Gulch is what it is. See that gulch right there? That's huge gulch. So the options, you, you got several options. You can follow huge gulch all the way up the ridge. You can follow huge gulch to this ridge and hit this ridge. That's what I did in the winter one time. Um, yeah, that, that's a great ridge. shortcut, yeah. That's what, that's what we did. Hit the ridge there and then turn left and summit, yeah. But and it's dark. Like, as we're coming up, yeah, it gets full on dark. And then you sent back toward no columbia or did you go down uh, through uh what's that crunky lake I, I, I like a route that's almost due north off of yale like, oh. i backtrack a little bit and then i just drop down that face and you cut straight across uh and, and straight down to the bridge between but jerry rich doesn't have it that route no he, doesn't. no he doesn't there's a there's a plane crash in this gully over here you can find pieces of planes screwing all the way down that gully. Huh. then it's up columbia up columbia standard at screen that no nasty screen no. in columbia from that bridge like you go due north and hit the Columbia Ridge, and then you turn left, which will be west, and follow the ridge all the way over. This is where I didn't understand in your trip report. You summited Columbia, and then it wasn't th- three hours later until you got Yale. Wait, wait, wait. No, Harvard would be after Columbia. Oh, sorry, Harvard. Yeah. Columbia, and then Harvard. Yeah, so you, you, you don't take the ridge itself over to Columbia, uh, to, to Harvard. It's just too hard. Um, you can kind of drop northwest, and you can get all the way down to the creek and into the basin. So you had Columbia at 21 hours and Harvard at 24. Crazy, huh? Why did it take you three hours to get to... A lot of people do those together. Why did it take you three hours to get from Columbia to Harvard? Uh, that's still moving fast. Like, if you ask anybody else who's doing this... Really? Yeah, yeah. It's still moving fast. It's not, it's not like Grays and Tories where you can get... No. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not. It's not a good... It, it, I mean, there is a trail through there, but it's not a good trail. I mean, you got to pick your own adventure. In fact, what they call the actual trail is horrible. Like, the actual trail will take you longer in usually because uh, it picks its way through boulders um so there's several things going down you know we're tired it's it's middle of the night now um, and you're going down and you're being careful um and then coming up the other side you get into some some route decision making about like which part of the ridge we want to be on right now and all that kind of stuff so yeah there's several things uh, tiredness is definitely a factor but it's it's not straight shooting it's it's a lot of figuring things out as you go plus it's dark and so you have you know, navigating is still somewhat of an issue Okay, so it's people shouldn't think about Columbia and Harvard as the Rays and Tories and doing both. No, it's, it's a big day to do both. Roach of makes that clear. His definition. His, that's the first time I ever heard this word was wrote description of that. His word is arduous. The traverse <laughs> is arduous, and once you do it, you'll you'll agree it's an arduous traverse. And then okay, let's talk about sleep. When was the first time did you sleep? Yeah. Or how did you so sleep? Coming, did you, da Vinci sleep or whatever. You coming can... down Harvard, 
uh, daylight is happening. And and we had worked through this a lot and we had experimented with a lot of the different ideas, like how we're going to do this thing. Um, some people take two, two hour naps. Some people decide not to sleep at all. Um, we had concluded that sleep is important, <laughs> but like taking a long nap is just going to make your body lock up, right? You're going to get, you're going to get cold. And your body's going to lock up and you're going to have to come back from that. So we hit on the idea of 20 minute power naps. Like when, when somebody got tired, we were going to take a 20 minute power nap and that was going to be that. And we you just set an alarm or what? Yep. Set alarms and we're going to go from that and we're just going to suck it up and go. Okay. So coming out of Harvard, um, Grant's like, yeah, we need to sleep. And, and so you're trying to gauge how much caffeine you're intaking based on when you think you're going to take a nap because you don't oh, want to right. up with caffeine and then be like, let's take a nap. So it's it's really hard to play this game. Anyway, huh. we, we sat in a nap. Um, I've got to go to the bathroom. So I'm off around trying to go to the bathroom. Brant like, is out immediately. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was sleeping. So you know, I get done with my business and I'm like, okay, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to sleep. And I just can't. Like Sometimes I have a hard time going to sleep. And I just could not. So I'm laying there for 10 minutes, just like nothing, nothing, nothing. And you know, our 20 minutes flies by and he's like, okay, let's go. So no sleep. I had, you know, 10 minutes of laying there, but uh, whatever. So no sleep. Because I was, when you're, I was on Harvard? Yeah, coming down Harvard. Because that's um, that's 24 hours in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. so you've been up for a full day. Yep. And you've gained seven or eight 14 hours. Yep. Moving right along. So <laughs> no sleep. Let's keep going. So uh, Belford, knock that out. Oxford. That's dropped down to Pine Creek. Yeah, basically a straight shot. Straight down. You ever stop by Little John's Cabin there and that, that drainage on the Colorado no. Trail? No, really cool place. To... Yeah, actually, I've never come in from the Colorado Trail. I've just always cut back and forth. Beautiful, it's, you know, seven mile hike, but yeah. it's only like a thousand elevation gate yeah. or something. So it's really great oh, yeah. backpacking back there. Nice, nice, nice. That's old. Cool. There's an old cabin called Little John's. Okay. So then you go up that steep side of Oxford. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Oxford, Belford. Wait, I get those two mixed up. Yeah, I think it's Philip Oxford, and it's not that steep. It's really not. It's it's grass. I mean, I guess can... I think it's steep because not it's, there's no route, so it's, there's no switchbacks. Like if you're not Correct. used to hiking up graze, it's steep. Correct. However, you've got a lot of grass, yeah. so it's it's good. Climbing. Your, your definition of steep is different yeah. than most. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but it's it's a pretty positive up to the summit there. No problems there. Across 28 the... hours in here at Oxford. Yep. And then of course across to Belford is an easy, easy, easy. Yep. Standard trail. Um, so no worries there. And this is fun because now you're seeing people and the people are like asking like what are you doing you're trying to explain but you so when did you, what what time did you start 5 a.m in the morning okay from shivano so then 24 hours in you're you're at harvard again 5 a.m um, so you come from harvard to oxford to Belford, and you're running people from the pride camp near missouri right missouri golf and they're like where the where'd you come from okay uh, so then across the LK pass and do that little route that i told you about dropping yep. just to the south below the cliffs hit missouri no worries so from Missouri, we went back south in a little bit west, down that little ridge. And then you just have this pretty st steep scree field. And we just plunged down that scree field. And others had done it, so I knew it was doable. And I had done it once before myself. Um, so you drop right down into that basement basin. Uh, and so you're skipping the whole trail. And the trail is a good trail. But, man, that shortcut down there is so short. And it's so easy. Um, you just That's, do you skirt by the Lake Coisey Lake then? Um, so you're still above that. So you, you keep going down that valley, and you eventually hit the actual trail above Closey Lake. Okay. And then yes, you drop right down into Closey. And I had a. Uh, Is there a trail? Because we, I did, I, I did the backside of Huron from Closey, and we were kind of bushwhacking. Okay, so the, the, there's not not really a trail yeah. anymore. There used to be a trail. Um, That's what we found. And, and and yeah, you can find remnants of that old trail, but there's really not a trail. It's a pretty epic bushwhack but i've done that a lot of times because it's so bad i've done a lot of experiment like what do you want to do and how do you want to do it um, because it's easy to get lost in there on many different sections it's easy to get lost but uh, we got some support down there in the valley at the, at the lake and then uh, pushed on up that section into huron and i've come to like that section now that i know what i'm doing up there it's 
it's a fun section. So I'll push up that and hit Huron and drop down Huron into uh, onto the other side. And again, that's where we had support and another sandwich coming our way. And so you summon Huron 34 hours in, a little after 34.16. So yeah. you still haven't slept. Correct. So you're... But we're feeling good at this point. And Brandon and I are having a conversation. I mean, based on our timing and how we're doing, like, like we are rocking it. Like, we are doing... And back when we did it, Hamilton still had the record at 53 hours or, or whatever it was. Um, somewhere around there. And so, like, we're doing awesome, and we know we're doing awesome. And so, like, we're starting to have this, like, thought of, like, wow, can we maintain this? Like, can we, you know, can we rival that 53-hour time? Like, we're kind of right there. And so, we're like, let's not get too too excited about this. Let's just keep pushing on. We get over to the, you know, follow roads over to the base of La Plata. Yep. Um, this is the Winfield side, or is that right? Yes. And we still have our sport crew with us, and they had inflatable mats. And so, we were like, we're going to lay down and, and take an old nap. Okay. Um, Brant is out immediately, and once again, I can't sleep. Like, my mind's spinning, and I just, I'm laying there, and I can't sleep. And, of course, that makes me even more frustrated, because you know you need to sleep. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, no sleep. Uh, he gets his 20-minute nap in, and he's good to go, and all right, like, let's go. And this is where you say your brain starts shutting down. Going up La Plata. Okay. It's, I mean, we're we're to the, near the top now. We're in the rocks, right? And uh, it's starting to get dark, and my brain, somewhere in there, my brain shuts down. And so, this is like a learning experience. Like, how do you deal with this? Like, uh the lesson i mean we had talked through this like when you start getting tired like you've got to communicate that and i we had said that to each other but i got tired so fast that i missed that point of being able to communicate and now i'm just out of it and he's leading and i'm just i'm just stumbling along after him and i can't even think enough to say hey i'm I'm out of it um we are stumbling along that and i have no like because you're not on a trail right you're on the back side of the plot you're so the it's not like there's not you a good turn trail. your brain off and just follow the trail right there are tra- there's cairns in there but there's different cairns that's different the one kind of do you go by an old mine there yeah yeah i've done that route. Yeah. yeah you know i don't know how long this has gone on it's probably gone on for over half hour maybe an hour and and then i remember him saying uh something about i don't know where we are <laughs> and he's looking at his gps and like i'm just so out of it and like it's, it's dark at this point. It's not dark at this point. Oh, yeah. It's okay, okay, so yeah, you're we're 30, 40 hours in about. the second night. And he's showing me the GPS, and it's got where we're at, but like, and then it's showing the summit. But you know how your GPS works. Like, when you stop, like, it's not exactly always lined up. And so, like, we're turning the circles, and we're walking around in circles, and we're literally within 100 or 200 feet, no, 200 yards from the summit of La Plata, and we can't find the stinking summit. Like, and he's tired now too, right? And I'm just still out. Slept, and we're walking in circles. And I've been up La Plata how many times? And like, it's so familiar to me. And yet I can't, we just can't do it. I don't know how long we spent, uh, 20 or 30 minutes stumbling around, walking around, looking around, finally stumbled across the summit. And like, it's a miracle. Um, and I didn't, here was a, a negative. I didn't have experience going north off of La Plata. As many times as I've done La Plata, I'd never been down. I'd never been down in the, in the dark right and while there is a pretty good trail like i had my own shortcuts on la plata which is kind of too hard to explain it um just talking it through but anyway like going down was so confusing it was and partly i'm tired right but it was just super confusing and it felt like it went on forever but finally we got off the hard part and we're on that trail that's actually runnable and so we're we're, we're running um and brand keeps telling me to slow down because i was leading that time and it wasn't that I was going super fast. It was that I was going too fast in the dark, you know, for injuries to happen, all that kind of stuff. And he's exhausted at this time. Uh, we both are. Like, we're just, it's a mess. Um, but we get down that thing, and we've got a crew down there waiting for us. And so we're still, like, time-wise, we're still, like, pretty good time-wise. But I tell you what, now we're doing that run down the pavement, um, whatever highway that is, independent. Uh, independent uh, yeah, it's independent. Independent. Right? We're running on the black. So this is the first time we've been a blacked out. 
And we're running on that blacktop, and like it's hurting my legs. Like you can just like you're so many miles in, and now that that asphalt's so unforgiving, and it's just it's hurting your legs. Um, but we've got the vehicles lighting our path with their headlights, and so we get down that thing, we get up to start going up Albert, and we don't get half a mile up that trail, and we're both like we are done. We have got to take a nap. So we both lay down, and I'm out instantly. And talk about a sound twenty minutes. I mean, I had twenty minutes of sleep that just like was amazing amazing but 20 minutes we're up and we're going um but you're you i mean so you got to albert at 47 hour 47 so you've basically been up for two hour two days straight without sleep yeah at that point so you got 20 minute nap yeah so we're going up albert so now there's another 13er up there i'm drawing a blank on the name of that 13er um bull bull hill maybe she come across bull hill, bull hill. okay yeah and so like in the daylight i mean it's very clear what you need to do but in the dark like and being tired, like like the ridge itself is not what you want to be on. You want to drop down below the ridge and you want to traverse across the side right there. And you're trying to hit this point. Like it's not a peak, but it's a summit right there that you're trying to hit before you go up this. That. And so coming across that ridge below Bull Hill and, and doing that little bump there and across, like it's confusing in the dark, even with the GPS. And we started having problems about like, are we too high? Are we too low? You got the GPS and you're looking at the GPS, but. Your brain's not working right. And everybody told us, and all the trip reports say this, and sure enough, like your brain is just not working right. So we were like getting to this point of like disagreeing, like, should we drop it down more? Or should we get, gain a little bit more elevation here? And and we started spending like way too much time looking at our GPSs. And so I just remember getting to this point of saying to myself, I'm, and we weren't like, our gear wasn't warm enough either. And so I got to this point of saying, I cannot stand here anymore. I just have to move. And so even if I'm not going 100% in the right direction, I know it's generally in the right direction. I'm just going to move and we're going to deal with it later. And so I try to yell back at Brant that I'm leaving, but it's, you know, the winds are blowing and, it, you know, whatever. I just turn and I walk and uh, I look back and he's just still sitting there looking at his GPS. And I'm like, I'm just walking. And so I walk some more and look back and finally he's following me. And so we're like, we're just walking. Well, we made it that to the little point where we knew where we were again. And then, uh, and once again, man, I'm starting to zone out and I'm telling him this time, like, man, I like, well, you got to leave right now. Cause I'm just, I'm out of it. Yeah, this is when the, in the trip report you talk about, hallucinating oh, oh man so it's that final ridge up to albert and and i've just got my head down and my headlights on and so you got that little ball of light right in front of you and uh and i'm just like i'm having these visions of being in a forest like literally my brain is telling me you're in a forest and you're above tree line there's no but trees I'm, around. exactly there's no trees around yeah and it's because there's you know there's all these odd rocks that are you know that are oblong but they're kind of sitting straight up but they're only a foot tall but they're catching the edge of my light and i'm like looking at that and that's like the base of a tree in my mind and so, you know, I'm thinking, that's cool. I'm in this forest. And then I'm like, man, I'm in the forest. And then I'll look up and it won't be a forest. But then I'll look down and I'll feel like it was bizarre. Like I just, like the whole plotting way up that ridge to Albert, like Brant pulled me up that I was, I was, I was cognizant, but I was so tired at that point. So now we're on top of Albert and now we have the biggest problem of all. I have never descended this route going north. I mean, I've done the main trail off of Albert, but I've never descended off trail. And I know some options. And a friend had just told me recently about a really good option, but I had never done it and I wasn't familiar with it at all. And I didn't want to try it. So like we'd settled on doing the down route of what I had done the up route of. And the up route, it's pretty good. It basically, it's just dropped due west off of Elbert, but it's rocky. And so climbing up the rocks is like not a big deal, but coming down the rocks, it's a big deal. And we're tired or we're going down these rocks and we can't tell if we're staying on trail or not or on our on, on track. And it feels like... We're moving through molasses. I kid you not. It feels like we are going so slow. And so it's just killing our motivation. And as we lose our motivation, we start going slower and slower. And so at this point in time, I'm like, nope, there's no like, there's no catching up with that 53 hour dream. Like we just kind of give up on the whole thing. 
And now let's just, you know, we're going to make it under 60 hours. So now we don't care about anything. Let's just kind of mosey on down. So we lost all kinds of motivation. And so we're moseying down this thing. And finally we get down, we get down to the creek and, um, and we're supposed to meet our sport crew right there. Well, we, we've been taking so long now that our sport crew would think that something's wrong with us. And so they're driving around these trails looking for us. And huh. so there's this 20 minute delay of like trying to find them and get them back to it. But we don't care because we know we're under 60 hours and we're just like lollygagging around now. Um, this is my buddy Walt there and my wife. Um, but Walt goes with us up the backside of Massive. Um, and he's giving me a hard time. He's like, come on, let's go. And like, I'm always faster than him, except now. He's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, oh. Um, he's probably slept yeah, he's, 10, yeah. 16 hours exactly. compared to what you slept. And, uh, like he's trying to talk to people about who are passing about, or, and we're still passing some people. And he's like, yeah, these guys are doing like 14. And you can just see this blank look on people's faces, like 14 in a row. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. That, that's what you said in your trip report about how people don't really, <laughs> they don't get know, it. Grasp the enormity of what you're yeah. doing. Like you're running a hundred miles, yeah. like over 40,000 feet of elevation gain. Like even your trip report, your drive from Colorado Springs to Buena Vista was shorter <laughs> than the mileage you ran from Shivano like to crazy, Massive. Crazy, crazy. But we know we're going to make 60 hours, so we're fine. Like, and you're starting to get emotional. Like, you're like, I mean, this is my third attempt, and I think it was Brand's fourth attempt, if I remember correctly. And so, like, it's a big deal. Like, it's, and so you're like, got, you're, you're tired and you're emotional, and you just like feel like a basket cakes. And we get to the top of that thing, and it's just like the coolest thing ever. So we're sitting around there, and I, I pass out on the top, and I sleep for another 10 minutes. And you're on Massive, so you're yeah. on Massive, but you still haven't finished. The, you have to get all the way down to the trailhead, right? Yeah, so so this is where it gets complicated. When they originally set it up, there's some confusion in the wording about, like, yeah. is it complete when you get to the last summit, or is it complete when you get to the final trailhead? And and so there's there's controversy there. In my mind, this is me talking. In my mind, there's no controversy. I mean, your trip is done when it's done. Yeah. It's not done when you're still on top of a mountain. Like, anybody will tell you that a mountain, a summit is half the trip. Right. right. So in my mind and in most people's mind it's complete when you get to the final trailhead so we still knew that we were under 60 hours for the final trailhead so i got that 10 minute nap in there which gave me a total of 30 minutes and uh we so went... you're at you said you get got the summit of massive at 53 hour hours 40 minutes mm-hmm. so you nap so you're basically 54 hours you're descending you have six hours basically get back to the yep. trailhead yeah okay yeah so so we're we're good um, but it's a long way down i mean that, that route is no joke uh, a lot of elevation to drop and uh, a long trail uh, and so we're taking our time, we're, we're cruising down, and we get to the actual trail, which is good, and we're moving down. And I start glancing at my watch every now and then to kind of to check times, and and I'm realizing that, uh, I mean, I'm drawing a blank. What was our final time? Uh, 56, 56, yeah. I think. Yeah, so I, I knew that we were approaching, like, we were going to be close to getting it under an hour, which we would have been under 57 hours. And I, I started looking at, you know, probably about 40 minutes before the hour, I start realizing that. I know where we're at and I know how much time it's going to take. And like, we're really close. So I'm like, I don't want to end at 5701. I don't want to do that. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, like this push. And so like, we're pushing our pace and, and like, we're actually running for a lot of this. Now, of course we're going downhill, but we're exhausted and we still got our packs on and we're running a lot of this section down here. And I haven't said anything to the guys about the timing. I just keep looking at my watch. I'm like, we're getting closer to 57 hours and closer, but I know where we're at and know we're closer. And so I'm not saying anything. And we, we make this final curve, and I'm like, I know we're going to make it under 57 hours. So I don't say anything. And we cross that finish line at 56, 56, and it was a pretty sweet feeling. Pretty cool. And talk about the icing on the cake. We get there, we're, we're just like, we just flop out, just fall down. And we're just a mess, just laying there. And there's uh, some of my wife's there, my, my friend. This is two, so what time was that in the day? Oh, my goodness. This is the third day. So you've so if you think ran for 60, two nights. 60 hours, uh, it's like four, two, two or three or 4 p.m. Somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, so there's this lady 
it's, it's just parked her car and she's gotten out and she's all geared up. She's going to do a hike on the Colorado Trail or under the section that goes through right there, right? And so she like sees us and she's like, she's like, oh, you, you guys doing the Colorado Trail? And uh, we're like, oh, no, like, and you're so tired of telling people about Nolan because they don't get it. And so I've kind of yeah. hesitant, but I'm like, yeah, we, we just finished Nolan's. And she's like, what? You just finished Nolan's? You know, so she, she actually knew what it was. She knew what it was and she knew the gravity of it. And she's just like, can I shake your hands? I mean, it was like the icing on the cake. Like, yeah. like at that moment, to have somebody appreciate what you had done was just like, oh man, it, it was all worth it. So uh, it, it was a super cool finish. Um, I ended up with, I had some shoe issues and no no point going into all that, but I ended up with 14 blisters and uh, couldn't walk right. Did Lost. you wear the same pair of shoes the whole time? Um, no, all. I switched at one point in time. No, I did wear the same pair of shoes because we'd missed that connection and I didn't get a gotcha. pair. So, yeah. Because so, you got wet at the very Exactly. At the beginning of Massive, I had not communicated. You know, we're all tired. And so they didn't have my extra shoes. And so I got my shoes wet and thinking that I was going to have dry shoes. Oh, so I you didn't. ran to the river just thinking exactly. you're going to switch. How many pairs of socks did you go through? That's a good question. Uh, three, maybe. ish. Okay. Yeah. So your first attempt, you didn't have any new socks. You were going to try to do one yeah. pair of socks. All. Yeah. Is that the first thing? What's the first thing you do when you get to a sport crew? Oh, good Food question. or? It, yes, you start eating as fast as possible because you can start doing things while you're chewing, right? So it's yeah. starting to get the food into your system as fast as possible. Okay. But yeah, then and, and what I found is like most of the stuff, you got to do most of the stuff by yourself. I mean, you, like you just got to take care of some things. What I heard from Hamilton is that he had literally two pack setups. And so he would just dump his old pack and his new pack would be ready to go. Uh, and so okay. he had it all dialed in that there's just that the transition is so fast. Huh. Uh, but of course, that's a lot of pre-planning to have something that set up and that dialed in. Um, but, he, you know, that's how we made things work. And clearly he made things work well. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just a learning adventure, which was the fun part of me. It was a challenge to overcome and so much to learn. Um, no guarantee that you're going to make it. Um, so, yeah, pretty Pretty sweet experience. Let's see here. How many people have done this? Have accomplished the Nolan's 14 in under 60 hours? Like trail to trail, I'm not exactly sure. I think that as of today, the number is around 24 or maybe 25. Okay. But when I branded it, I'm pretty sure that we were 20 and 21. Okay. Yeah. So, so an elite group. I was trying to talk to my one of the buddies that we do this podcast with, and we were trying to see if we could do half of the Nolan's 14. So we're trying to figure out if we could get seven in 60 hours so we're trying to do the logistics so the, the fun way to do that is the middle ones the, that's why i figured missouri belford oxford seven. yeah put those together there's Which is, okay what's what's the magnificent seven those seven that's that's what we call them the Mag- magnificent seven from uh huron missouri oxford belford harvard, harvard columbia. columbia yeah and do yeah 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 that yeah. might be a challenge yeah. and, and it's easy access on both ends of those right you can put those together yep. easy both ways whereas if you try to start at one end you're ending in the middle of that crew and there's no easy access out of the middle of that group. Right. Um, so, yeah. That might be something I give a go here in yeah. the next year or two. Of Nolan's 14. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it'd be a fun backpacking trip, you know, just to do the whole thing. It takes, you know, take as long as you wanted to and just push it through and it would be a whole different experience with the whole pack, but it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's really cool. Um, but I would say this, like, you got to pick a good partner. Like, yeah. Grant was a great partner for me. It worked out really well. Did you get, like, giddy at any point? Like, like exhausted? Like, was your humor not as – was fun, was stuff funnier than it should be? Like, if a normal person had slept with you was beside you? Brand, Brand's, got this, funny? Brand's got this really, really different sense of humor. Uh, just throws things in that are funny that he says in a way that are really funny, but he doesn't – like, he's not laughing when he says it. So uh, his humor was really helpful across the whole process. I tell you, uh, 
coming up massive. I, like there was that level of emotional, giddy, excited, unbelievable. Um, but we had some fun things. I, I mean, I can't remember now. Like, just like, I think he said in your trip report, like twenty four hours in, you're like, remember the last? Remember that one time we did yes, Shivano? Yes, and we <laughs> we kept saying that. Remember that one time when we did this peak? Like, just being stupid with each other, but just like. Just like acknowledging that this is a big deal, like this is huge. Like we're gonna remember this for a long time. Um, super cool memories. Is there a list somewhere that have all the people have done it? You know, there's a an unofficial, an official unofficial website out there. If you type in Nolan's 14, it's probably one of your top options that comes up. It's hilarious. It was a website from the 90s, and you can tell it's from the 90s. It's horrible. Um, but he's got a group by years, like who did what each year. So, like, you can't, like, just look at a number. You've got to go through the years and count, like, okay, one, one guy did it this year, and now one guy did it this You've got to add them up yourself. And then you've got to look at see if they actually finished Trailhead to Trailhead or if they finished Trailhead to Summit. or uh, okay. Like, it's it's a horrible website, but the information is is out there. Okay. Yeah. So what's your next goal? Yeah, good question. People ask me that all the time. Um, you know, I've had some fun on the uh, Manitou Incline. Uh, yeah, the Incline, it's amazing. Like, like you can hear about it and you can think, oh, that'd be cool to do someday. There's there's nothing like it. It's a crazy workout and you're outside and you're getting elevation gain. It's a blast. Nearly 2,000 foot of gain in, in one mile of distance. So it's it's, it's pretty epic. It's pretty epic. That's like running so, up Pine Creek to Oxford then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, okay. I wonder if you're good. Like, it's like, you know, the, the bottom line requirement on 14ers is 3,000 foot of elevation gain. So you do two laps on the incline. And you've done a lot more than some 14er ascents. That's almost right about Shivana, because the podcast is supposed to be about Shivana. Yeah, yeah. It's 4,600 feet. Mm-hmm. You're only doing three. You actually get to 3,000 foot roll at that saddle yeah, at right. 13.2, and you still have right. another 1,000 feet basically right. to do. So I think people underestimate, just like you say, underestimate Harvard, Columbia. Yes. They underestimate Tab, yes. Tab Watch, and Shivana. They do, and especially since they know that it's two summits close together. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just stick them together. And, and clearly from Shivana over to Tab is not that big a deal. But it's a big deal getting up to Shivano. Yeah, and then and you then, lose and, 500 feet, and then you got to lose that feet, and then you got to redo it. Regain it, right? And so it, it's a huge deal, and people don't understand that. Uh, so yeah, be warned. It's, it's a big deal, and a lot of people, myself included, the first time I did it, there's that, there's that desire to take the shortcut from Tab back to the saddle by cutting across the west face of Shivano, and I've done that, and it's horrible. Yeah, it's um, down the route. There, yeah, right? it's horrible. But uh, it's shorter, but and you don't gain elevation, but it's horrible. So, yeah, you can get in trouble all kinds of ways up there. Have you ever done the Angel? I have not. You were climbing the Angel? I have not done that. You know why it's called the Angel? Uh, supposedly, the snow, the way the snow melts, I think. It looks like, like yeah. it's supposed to look yeah. like an Angel, right? Yeah. I always think that's fun because the Shivano has the snow feature. Right. And then the northernmost, Holy, Holy Cross. Cross has the yeah. Holy Cross feature. Exactly. exactly. Uh, I think the, so the lore I like is like the, the Indian um, mm-hmm. princess who mm-hmm. they were going to, the Utes had to leave that Arkansas Valley because mm-hmm. it was a drought. And she was obsessed. She prayed to the God and said, hey, and the God said, we'll sacrifice, well, if you sacrifice yourself, and we'll, it'll, it will yeah. hydrate the valley. So that's, that's the lore, right? She's the Crazy. Indian princess that's yep. an angel and melts every year and, and uh, floods or, or gives water to the Arkansas Valley below. Yep. We always do the same question. Three three words to describe. If you had three words to describe your Nolan's 14 experience, you only get three. Wow. How much time do I get to think? Okay, take time. <laughs> uh, you know, this is hilarious. Like, I've had a lot of adventures through my time. And as with anybody, like, the first time you do something big, like, it's epic, right? Like, if you've never done Pike's Peak and you do Pike's Peak for the first time, that's an epic experience. Um, but I keep on up in the ante. 
uh, and so I've had a lot of epic experiences. Um, Nolan's was on a whole new level of epic. Like, there's not much that will ever compare with a Nolan's adventure. So epic. Um, I, you know, here's my three words: beyond all epic. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's it. You know, if you read my, did you ever see my first trip report? Um, on my first Nolan's report. Yes. Um, and so you know, I, I touch on the basis of failure and like what I learned through that failure. Like, who, nobody wants to fail, but what I learned was that failure is the price you pay for success. Like, like, like you got to learn. Like, I didn't know anything about ultra marathon running. Like, the fact that I've ever completed this thing is just amazing to me that I ever got through it because there was so much learning involved. And so while I didn't want to fail. And a lot of people, you know, my friends, I've had so many successes in the mountains. Like my wife and my friend Walt, when I came down that first trip and said, I can't do anymore. Like I could see in their faces that they were shocked. Like, like, this is not believable. This is not happening. Way doesn't stop. But I couldn't do it. But I learned from that. Right. And so that failure turned into this amazing experience of going, this is learning. This is valuable. It's not a bad failure. It's a good failure. Huh. It's a learning failure. And so, do you use your mountains in 14 years and your, your, and your pastor, as a pastor, as your yeah, message? Do you, do you absolutely. preach on your 14 years? There's so many connections. Mm-hmm. Right? I've got this huge line of thought that has to do with uh, deal with doing hard things. And that's a message for anybody. It's not exactly a spiritual message, but the, the concept follows through, right? If you teach yourself how to persevere and push through hard things, like if you can start by doing your first 14er, like the next time you're at work and your boss is mad at you, you can sit back and say, you know what? I handled a 14er. Huh. Like I can handle my boss yelling at me today, right? And so it ties through into all of life and the spiritual things too. Like you know, sometimes it's hard to follow the path spiritually, but you know, you put together Nolan's fourteen and you've dealt with that kind of pain, and you're like, you know what? I can put up with some of whatever's going on today. So uh, yeah, I, push yourself, but be be wise. Tomorrow.